Welcome to the Caleb Schaefer Podcast. We're so glad to have you join us today. Pastor Caleb is a graduate of the World Harvest Bible College, as well as Ohio Christian University. And his desire is to share the love of God with a lost and dying world. Prepare to be challenged and encouraged today through the study of God's Word. Now let's listen in to today's episode with our host, Caleb Schaefer. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Caleb Schaefer Podcast. I want to thank everyone who listened to last week's episode. It was so well received by everyone, and everyone was so loving and supportive, and I'm greatly, greatly appreciative of that. Also, for those of you who checked out the book, Glad to Serve, who bought it online or who read it uh, online or who still maybe have a copy on the way, thank you so much for your support for that as well. Of course, all glory goes to God for everything that I do. I want to just point people to him, but your support and your encouragement always just helps out uh, to know that I'm on the right path and the right direction with these things. So I appreciate it very much. Um, As this podcast continues on, I'd like to do some different things uh, as it pertains to the topics I'm going to discuss, and I'd like to know maybe what you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, so anytime that I post one, feel free to comment on that podcast on whatever media you're listening to it, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Uh, you can post A comment on any of those, and I'll be sure to check those out, pray about them, and then see where the Lord would have me go with the topic uh, for the following week and even the weeks after. So I'd just like to know maybe there's a topic you'd like to hear discussed that you haven't heard people discuss, or maybe something you'd like to know more about, and I'd be glad to share on those topics. I also would like to do some maybe prophetic updates as far as the timeline of what's going on around the world. I get regular updates through the day uh, many times. So I have a lot of information as to what's going on in Israel, what's going on around the world, and I might possibly do a broadcast here or there uh, with those topics, and I'll be sure to label those as well so you know what's going to be discussed in those. And I know some people are all about that. Some people want to hear the prophetic updates, and some people are like, eh, not so much, because they hear a lot of news and things going on around the world, so I'll just do my best to update you on that, and uh, I'll let you know in the title what the topic is going to be about each time I post a podcast, and so thank you so much again for listening today, I appreciate it, and today I want to discuss with you something that I feel that a lot of people are dealing with all around the world. And in this time and in this season that we're in, uh, with everything taking place, the the political upheaval, the unrest in the nations, the sicknesses that are going around and different things that are taking place uh, in ministry and in church, there, we've, we're having church in different ways than we ever have before. I believe that God is calling everyone to do something. I believe that God is calling everyone to speak out about their faith in Jesus Christ, to tell somebody about Jesus that he saves and he heals and he delivers and he's still alive and that we have that hope that we're going to go to heaven and be with him one day. I believe that God is calling all Christians to stand up and begin to speak out. You know, there are a lot of things going on uh, 
politically and a lot of things going on in the nation. And yes, I believe the church does need to address those things, but I believe more than that, more than addressing politics, more than addressing uh, what's going on around us, we just need to be sharing the gospel. We need to be sharing the message of Jesus Christ like never before. If you're like me, you've just kind of been sensing in your spirit that we don't have a lot of time left here on the earth. And that could be years. That could be 10 years or 20 years, but in the grand scheme of thing, that that is not a long time to be here on the earth. And so when we are sitting and and worried and we're we're trying to figure out what's going on around us we're trying to focus on political issues and preach towards those things yes that's all fine and good but at the end of the day if we're not sharing Jesus and we're not sharing the gospel with people then we're not really accomplishing anything we can have talks yes we can have sessions where we sit down and and go over different things but if you're not sharing Jesus in the midst of that then you are missing the point because what Jesus said we were to do was to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go ye, he said, into all the world. And and what we've got to do as Christians, not just ministers. I'm not just speaking to ministers when I do these podcasts. I'm speaking to everyone who is a believer in Jesus Christ. You have a job. You have a job. It's not just the preacher with a pulpit and a microphone. You have a job to spread the gospel. It is your responsibility. It is your duty, the kingdom. The Bible lets us know that if we have a candle, we shouldn't hide it under a bushel. We used to sing that song as little kids. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And we've got to let that light shine. We've got to let people know about Jesus. If we really believe that he's coming back soon, if we really believe that he is on his way to come get his church, the believers who trust in him, then we've got to spread the message. We've got to let people know, hey, listen. This world is going to continue on in upheaval, and it's going to continue on in disruption. It's going to continue on in peril and and tumultuous times. This world is going to go on like this. It it is not promised to us anywhere, anywhere in Scripture that the world is going to be in better shape before Jesus comes back. The Bible lets us know that the world is going to get worse before Jesus comes back. It is only when Jesus comes and sets up his millennial reign here on the earth that things turn peaceful and things are run properly here on the earth. So there will always be corruption. There will always be disease. There will always be earthquakes and famines and pestilence until he comes. And so we've got to let people know that when we're we're talking about, hey, we want peace. We want peace in the world. We want peace here. We want peace there. We want our nation to have peace. Guess what? The Bible doesn't tell me that anywhere. The Bible only lets me know that when Jesus is here on the earth, when Jesus sets up his kingdom here on the earth, that's when we're going to see the things that we're hoping for and the things that we're looking for. And so really everybody here on the earth has a longing and a desire for what God has for us in the future. They have a longing and desire for peace. They have a longing and a desire for hope and joy and love to be spread throughout the earth, but that's not going to happen with imperfect people running it. And so the government of the earth, Isaiah said, was going to be upon the shoulders of Jesus when when he prophesied about Jesus coming as the Messiah. And so we've got to 
We've got to tell people, listen, this world as we know it right now is going to continue to get worse, but there is hope in Jesus. And we've got to spread that message. And so as we spread that message, I feel that there are a lot of people who are dealing with issues, insecurities. There are people who are dealing with things from their past. There are people who are dealing with things from right now, things that they're dealing with in their life, whether it be sin, whether it be insecurity, no matter what. There are people who feel that God could never use them because they are not this perfect person that they have in their mind that they should be in order for God to use them or love them. There are people in the world today who are struggling with their image. They're struggling with the image of who they are in Christ. Once you are a believer, once you have accepted Christ, Christ has redeemed you. His blood is powerful. It is the most powerful thing we could ever imagine. And his blood covers everything that you've done. His blood covers it all. And I feel like there are people who are saying, I I believe that God is done with me. I believe that I've messed up too bad, that, that God, there's no way that God could possibly forgive me. There's no way that God could possibly love me. And one of the greatest stories one of the greatest narratives in the Bible where we can see that God is a forgiving God and God is a loving God is through the story of Paul, the story of Paul. And, and Paul was not always Paul. Paul was Saul before he turned to Christ, before he had the Damascus road experience where he was on his way to Damascus and God basically stopped him in his tracks and asked him why he was persecuting him. And So Saul had this experience and turned to Paul, but before Saul had that experience, Saul was a wicked, wicked man. Saul was a Pharisee, so he was a religious leader. He was one of the top guys, and he would persecute Christians. Several times in the Bible, we see uh, Paul going back and saying, listen, here's how I used to be. Here's what I used to do. Act 7 you know, he, the Bible lets us know that Saul oversaw the killing of Stephen. When they stoned Stephen, Saul was there and gave the okay for it. He gave the go ahead. Acts 22, he says, I persecuted Christians unto death. I sought them out to imprison them. And that's really what he was on his way to do uh, on the way to Damascus. He was on the way to persecute Christians. But later on in second Corinthians, we see Paul talking about how all these things kind of piled up. And a lot of people have different uh, opinions as to this portion of scripture. What could it mean? Paul said he had a thorn in the flesh. And I want to read that portion of scripture to you. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 6, For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me, and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me, and he He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that he that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 
So Paul says, listen, I have this thorn in the flesh. I've begged God to take it away three times. I've asked him to remove it. Now, some people say it was some sort of a sickness. Some people say it was some sort of a sin. Some people say it was something else. But what I feel that it could have been is that Paul looked back at all the things that he had done. Paul looked back at everything he had participated in. He was he was seeking people out who believed in Jesus to kill them. And now he had done a 180 and he was believing on Jesus himself. Now he was looking back and he was saying, I was killing people who 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 were just like I am right now, just the way that I am believing on Jesus, putting my faith and trust in him. I was killing those people. I was imprisoning those people. I was persecuting those people. Could that be what Paul's thorn in the flesh was his regret, his, his just total remorse for everything that he had done before the Lord stopped him in his tracks. And one of the things that is sticks out to me in this scripture is that Paul said a messenger from Satan was sent to buffet me. If you know anything about the the word buffet, it means that there is a constant barrage. It is just a, an attack that strikes and strikes and strikes to repeatedly batter someone. And these messengers of Satan, these spirits of, of buffeting, these buffeting spirits will come against the minds of people and they will begin to remind you of everything wrong you've ever done. They will begin to remind you of all the terrible things that you used to do, the the things that you have been caught up in, the things that you've dealt with, uh, all the hurt and the trauma that you've been through, these buffeting spirits will remind you over and over and over. And there are times where you get up out of bed in the morning and it's just all day until you lay your head back on the pillow at night. And sometimes you even have dreams. Sometimes you even remember in your sleep things that have happened or the enemy makes threats against your mind. And so these buffeting spirits just constantly nonstop. If you get a little bit of relief and try to enjoy something, it comes back against you. And these spirits, these messengers from Satan will constantly attack. They will constantly attack your mind. And so Paul was dealing with this. And in order for him to be dealing with this, I have to think that maybe it could have been his past that kept, kept, coming back up before him. They kept bringing his past back up to him, this this messenger from Satan. And if you go on down into the, the writings of Paul, if you go on down through some of the other things that he wrote, Paul completely began to understand the grace of God. Paul understood what it was like to be totally forgiven and and Paul understood and it seems like Paul has to keep reminding himself about the grace of God. Paul has to keep reminding uh, himself and others as he was writing that God's grace covers all. If we go to him and if we repent, if we lay it at his feet, God's grace will cover it all. And in 1 Timothy uh, verse uh, chapter one, uh, there's a passage from 12 to 17 where Paul's talking about uh, the sins that that people have dealt with and that he's dealt with. And he said, Christ came to save sinners 
of which I am the worst. He said, I am the chief sinner. I am the one who has been the absolute worst. But guess what? He has saved me. And these these times that we're living in, the enemy would like to shut up the believers. The enemy would like to shut down the believers and make you feel like you've been too bad for God to love you, first of all. And second of all, for God to use you to spread his message, to spread the word. And the enemy wants to shut us down. And when Paul said that, when Christ came to save sinners, of which I am the chief, of which I am the worst, that lets me know that no matter what you have done, no matter what it's been in your past, you you could have the worst thing imaginable in your past. You know, if I went down of a, li- a list of the worst things that anybody could ever think of doing, you know, there would be all sorts of things on there, but think on that list and say, if I had done any of those things, and maybe you have, maybe you have done some of the worst things imaginable. Guess what? If you take it to the Lord, God will forgive you. Everything is redeemable by the blood of Jesus Christ. Everything is redeemable. Everything the blood touches gets redeemed. And so when we go to the cross of Calvary, when we go to Jesus Christ and we say, wash me, cleanse me, set me free, those things have no hold on us anymore. There is a myth that we can reach a point where God would stop loving us and where God would stop caring for us and he would just wash his hands of us and we would he would be done with us. There's a myth going around, but if you have concern that that is you, I can tell you that the concern is proof that you have not done anything that would make God wash his hands of you and say that he's done with you. Anything. There is nothing that you could have done. Think of the worst thing in the world. Think of the worst sinners in the world. If they would go to Jesus Christ and they would turn their life over to him, if they would repent, God would completely wipe away the penalty of what they have done. Now, that's an incredible thought. That is an incredible thought. But on the other token, on the other hand, you could never be good enough for God to, to, to love you anymore. You could never be good enough to earn your way into heaven. That is the great, uh, that is the great thing about grace. Grace is what levels the playing field. The cross is what levels the playing field for all of us. None of us have been bad enough for God to wash his hands of us and forsake us. And none of us could be good enough to earn our way into heaven or to earn God's love. It is only through the cross. It is only through that shed blood of Jesus Christ. And the Bible lets us know in Romans 5, 8, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God commends his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While you were in your sin. Now think about this, because we were not born 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ died on the cross. We weren't around then. So God already set something up for us, knowing that we would have problems with sin, that humankind would have problems with sin. And those of us who are alive today, a propitiation was made at Calvary for your sin. While you were yet in your sin, Christ died for you. That's an incredible thought. That's an incredible thought. Another verse in Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So you think about the greatest ministers that you know. You think about the people who you've heard preach or who who you've heard 
uh, do great exploits for the Lord, the the people that you look up to in ministry, the Billy Grahams who, you know, Billy Graham was one of the people that a lot of people just looked up to and, and could, couldn't find any fault in him really when they looked at his ministry and his life, but even he sinned. Even he sinned, and we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of the disciples sinned and fell short of the glory of God. Mary, Jesus' mother, sinned and fell short of the glory of God. The people who were there uh, around Jesus all the time sinned and fell short of the glory of God. The only person in the entire world who has never sinned is Jesus Christ. And so when the devil comes at you, the devil will come at you and make you feel like your sin the sin that you committed, the sin that you partook of, the sin that you had part in is the worst sin in the world. He will blow that sin up and he will make you feel like there is absolutely no way that God could love you, that God could forgive you, that God could use you in these last days. But the devil is a liar. God is lo- God is not like a person. People will love you conditionally. People will look at you and love you if you do this. People will love you if you do that. People will love you on condition that you are lined up with how they think you should act. God is not like that. God loves you no matter what. Even the worst sinner in the world, whether they died and went to heaven or when they, whether they died and went to hell, God's love for them never ceased. Think about this. God loves people who went to hell. God loves everybody who went to hell. God cannot stop loving you. We as humans believe that if a person is evil enough, they can't be forgiven. Why? Because we have human concepts and human minds. We believe that if somebody has done done something so heinous, there's no possible way as humans that we could look at that person and forgive them. But the Bible lets us know that God forgives everyone who goes to him. God forgives everyone who goes to him. Not only that, he loves everyone, whether they ask for forgiveness or not. So today, you are loved. You are loved, whether you believe it or not, whether the devil has been telling you that you are just too bad to be loved or forgiven, you are loved. And the Bible lets us also know that the second we go to the Lord, And we say, I repent, I turn from my sin, forgive me of it, cleanse me of my sin. You are forgiven. If you confess your sin, the Bible lets us know he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So today, no matter what it is that you have dealt with in your past, no matter what it is that the enemy is trying to use to beat you down, Know this, that God loves you beyond anything you could ever imagine, that God will forgive you if you go to him and you repent of that sin. If you let go of that thing, God forgives you. If you have done it in the past, if you've asked for forgiveness, if you've repented of that sin in the past, then know that it is not yours to carry anymore. The, the burden of that, the remorse and the guilt over that thing is not yours to carry anymore. The devil would like to keep bringing it up. That is that buffeting spirit. That is that messenger from Satan who would like to come and accuse you, who would like to repeatedly beat you down over what you did in the past. If you have asked God for forgiveness, 
God casts that sin as far as the east is from the west from you. He remembers it no more. He will not judge you for it. He has forgiven it. And so don't let the enemy continue to beat you down over things from your past that you used to participate in, that you used to be a part of, whether that past is 10 or 20 years ago, or whether that past is yesterday, or whether that past is just a few minutes ago. If you go to the Lord and ask for forgiveness, it is no longer part of you. It is no longer yours to carry. And I love what Jesus said uh, in Matthew. It is in Matthew chapter 9. And the Bible lets us know that Jesus was at a supper in the house and a lot of tax collectors and sinners came to sit down with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But Jesus heard that And he said to them, those who are well do not need a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus said, I didn't come for everybody who had their act all together. I didn't come for the ones who were dressed just right and who had everything in place and who looked like they had all of their life together and who didn't sin that you could see visibly. He said, I came for the ones nobody else wants. I came for the ones who are dirty. I came for the ones who are sinners. I came for the ones who are spiritually sick. And that set people off. That made people so mad that Jesus would come for the ones who nobody else wanted to be around. It was the ones who everybody else had ostracized and everybody else had alienated that Jesus came for because what the Pharisees were doing was that they were teaching if you looked just right and if you if you presented yourself a certain way in public that it didn't matter what else you did that was your forgiveness they thought they could earn their way but guess what Jesus said I came for the ones who feel dirty I came for the ones who feel like they're not enough I came for the misfits and the ones who feel like they never fit in and never belong anywhere I came for the ones who hurt I came for the ones who feel damaged and broken I came for the ones who have a sordid past I came for the ones who feel neglected who who have been abused who have been who have been tormented by their past or have been tormented by things that happened to them in their past uh, i came for those people and those people are the ones that i came to redeem not the ones who are pretending that everything's fine and that they have it all together so today if you're dealing with your past and you just can't seem to get over it know this that the enemy is the one who wants to keep bringing that up to you jesus is the one who came to set you free from all of that. And if you'll hand it over to him, if you'll give it over to him, he will help you through it. He will help cleanse you of the feelings of guilt and remorse and negativity. He will, he will cleanse you of the feelings that you feel that eat at you on the inside. He will remove the things that have been tormenting you. He said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. And yes, it might not mean that that thing goes away overnight. It might not mean that that thing just never comes back up in your mind. There are a lot of things that we've been through that we can't forget. There are a lot of things that we've done that we can't forget, but it does not have the power to 
torments you because he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for your past. My grace is sufficient to cover the sin. My grace is sufficient to carry you through the dark valleys of life. My grace is sufficient to help you with everything that you're dealing with. My grace, he said, is sufficient for you. And then Paul said, so now I can, I can just rest in my weaknesses and know that where I am weak, he is strong. Where I have missed the mark, he is strong. His strength comes in and helps carry me when I'm weak. His strength comes in and helps propel me forward when I'm weak. There's a difference. There's a difference between conviction and condemnation. When we feel convicted of our sin, that lets us know that we need to go repent. Conviction is not the enemy. Conviction lets us know that we need to repent of our sin. But condemnation comes upon us. And when condemnation comes upon us, it tries to drag us down. Condemnation will come upon you after you've repented of sin. Condemnation will come upon you and make you feel bad for things that you've already taken to the Lord. And so we've got to be sensitive to conviction, but condemnation should have no place in our life. And when we re- when we feel that condemnation coming onto our minds and our hearts, we don't have to receive that because that's from the enemy. The Bible lets us know that there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. So when you take your sins to Jesus and you say, cleanse me, forgive me, set me free from this, he is faithful to do that. He's faithful to do that. And you don't have to carry that burden around anymore where Satan reminds you of your sin. You can say, yes, that is my past, but guess what? My future is bright because I'm under the blood. I am covered by the blood. Everything I've ever thought, everything I've ever done is under the blood of Jesus. And I am set free and I am delivered from the remorse and the guilt and the shame that came with what I did. The penalty of what I did is not mine to carry anymore because he carried it to the cross. I want to leave you with one last quote as I get ready to close down this podcast for the day. Louis Giglio, a great, great preacher, a great man of God, he said, if you're telling yourself you don't deserve a second chance from God, remind yourself that you didn't deserve the first one either. If God didn't want to give you a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance and however many chances he needs to give you, he should never have given you the first chance because while you were still in your sin was when he came for you. He came for you while you were still a sinner. He came for you while you were living in ways that he didn't approve of. He came for you while you were dirty. And now that you're living with him and you're walking with him and some people might be struggling, some people might have a difficulty with getting over some sin. There might be a besetting sin in your life. But today, I want you to know that God is able to give you another chance. God is able to give you more than another chance. Now, this is not to say for people who are just living blatantly in sin, who have no remorse and no care for for what they're doing currently, that God is just going to let you go on in that. God will see to it that he finds a way to stop you from sinning. He will see to it that he finds a way to get a hold of you and you might not like it. So don't use grace as a license to sin, but this is more for the people who have been dealing with their past and feeling terrible about things that they've had in their past, feeling terrible about things that they've had 
in their life before this point and and you just can't seem to get past it because the enemy likes to keep bringing it up. So today I just want to pray over you. I want to I want to pray that God will provide grace for you and that he will reassure you that you belong to him. You belong to him and that nothing the enemy has to say can harm you. Nothing the enemy accuses you of can harm you. You belong to God and that bond, that that blood bought covenant God cut a covenant with Jesus Christ when Jesus shed his blood. He cut covenant with Jesus Christ. And he said that whoever belongs to to Jesus, whoever accepts Jesus, that sacrifice would become a joint heir with Jesus, would become a joint heir that he would make you a king and a priest. He would make you, he would make you his very own child. It would be like you were his very own. You have a greater covenant than even the old Testament people had. And so I want to pray with you today. I want to pray over you today. But first of all, I want to ask you, if you don't know Jesus, maybe you've been living with remorse and guilt and shame over things that you've done in your past. Maybe you're broken over things that have happened even to you in your past that you had no control over that people did to you. People hurt you. People harmed you. Somebody did something you had no control over in your past. Can I tell you today, the blood of Jesus can cover it all. He can set you free from the mind games that the enemy likes to play. And today I want to pray a sinner's prayer. And if you will pray this prayer and you say, you know what? I need the Lord to set me free from these things. I want to pray this prayer and you can just repeat it after me and we'll believe together that your soul will be saved. You'll be on your way to heaven and that God will take you in as his own. He'll adopt you as one of his own. You'll be a joint heir with Jesus Christ and you will live with God forever. No matter what happens, the enemy can't take that away. So if you want, if you say that's me, if the Holy Spirit's tugging at your heart right now, I just want to pray this prayer. You can repeat it after me. Say, Father God, I come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean in the blood that he shed on Calvary. I thank you that the sacrifice that he made is big enough to take care of anything that I have done in my past. God, I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. Thank you for making me your child today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I believe that you are as sure of heaven that you'll be going there one day as you are if you were already there right now. Your sins are gone. Your sins are forgiven. They are covered by the blood and the enemy can't bring those things up to you and have any authority any longer. Those things are from your past, that buffeting spirit that keeps dragging you down and will not let your mind rest has to leave. It has to go because the grace of God is sufficient for you. Now, I want to pray a prayer over you if you have been dealing with these things. I want to pray a prayer over you, a quick prayer, and 
wherever you are, if you're listening to this, if you're at your house, if you're uh, in the car, wherever you are, just let's agree together right now that God will begin to move in your life in an even greater way. Father God, right now I come to you in the name of Jesus and God, I believe that you want to set people free from these spirits that keep bringing up their past from the accuser of the brethren who keeps making them feel terrible guilt and shame that they can't even hardly function, that they feel like you couldn't possibly love them or use them. God, I break that off of them right now in the name of Jesus. Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit flow right where they're at, whether they're at home or in their car, whether they're listening while they're at the gym or, or at work, God, wherever they might be, God, I pray that the spirits that have been tormenting them will flee in the name of Jesus. God, right now, I thank you that your blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, is strong enough to cover anything and everything we've ever done. And God, that that has no power over us any longer. Our past has no power over us any longer. And God, we're a free people. We're free to feel your love. We're free, God, to be able to tell people about Jesus and that he's coming soon. So God, right now, I pray a divine release over your people. God, that they would feel boldness come upon them to preach the gospel wherever they're at. God, they don't have to have a microphone or a pulpit. God, they can preach the gospel at work. They can preach the gospel while they're at the supermarket. They can preach the gospel while they're down at the gas station or at their school, God, or to their family. They can preach the gospel. And God, it doesn't have to be a message. It can just be, do you know what God has done for me? Do you know what Jesus has done in my life? Do you know how he set me free? And so God, right now, I pray for boldness to come upon your people. I plead the blood of Jesus down over everyone who's listening to this podcast right now. And I thank you for them. I ask that you bless them this week. God, I pray that they would see your hand moving in their life like never before. God, that they would be protected. God, that their families would be protected. That the prodigal children would come in. That the prodigal spouses and parents and aunts and uncles and cousins, that their extended family would come into the kingdom. God, that they would be able to be a light right where they're at. And God, that people would know you because of their testimony and their faithfulness to you. So God, let it be so. In the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for keeping every single one of us until we can meet back together again here on this podcast next week. God, we love you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, thank you so much again for listening today. I'm going to be coming to you regularly, and I might stick an extra one or two in here. I'm hoping to just come to you pretty much every Monday as I possibly can and to be able to just share with you what God lays on my heart for the week. I've got some great things coming up in store. Uh, For those of you who are interested in the book, Glad to Serve, it is still on Amazon. It'll be on there uh, for as long as as it's able to be. And so uh, you can get on there and order it. And thank you so much for, for doing that. Thank you for reading. Thank you for listening to these podcasts. Share these podcasts with your friends and loved ones, with your family and connect with me. Let me know what you think about them. And we'll be back here again very, very soon. God bless you. I love you. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Caleb Schaefer podcast. If you would like to connect with Caleb, you can do so on Facebook at Caleb Schaefer Ministry, on Instagram at Caleb underscore Schaefer, or by visiting www.calebschaefer.com. 
If you have been encouraged, please share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Once again, we appreciate you listening to today's episode and may God bless you as you continue to walk with Him.